Are you ready to reach the mountaintop of your life? Do you want to turn your dreams into your reality? If that sounds like you, then welcome to the Mountaintop Motivation Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mountaintop Motivation Podcast. I am here with Tanya Goodall-Smith, and today we're talking about her very first $100,000 year in business. This is a part of a series called My First 100K to help you, the new and aspiring entrepreneur, to learn how these entrepreneurs were able to reach that milestone of $100,000 a year. So Tanya, to get us started, can you tell us a little more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm a branding strategist and designer. I am the owner of Work Story Creative in Spokane, Washington. And I also work as a personal branding strategist for Brand Builders Group. That's something kind of new for me as a, I'm a coach for them for personal brands. And basically I help uh, self-employed service-based businesses with their branding. Um, anything from choosing a name to you know, logo and um, style guide, uh, writing, copy, scripts. We do photos, videos, uh, social media strategy, pretty much anything that has to do with making you look who, like who you are as a brand, um, mm-hmm. my company helps with, so. Very cool. I say self-employed, service-based businesses, what's kind of the wheelhouse for you to work with? So uh, I like working directly with the owner, you know, so it's usually a micro business is one to five employees in a business, which makes up a huge percentage of businesses in America, by the way, I can't remember the number. It's like 80% or something. Um, yeah, that, that would make sense. I mean, the, 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 um, oh, what is it called? The, the SBA refers to anything under 500 employees as a yeah. small business, right? right? But one to five is extremely different than a hundred, right? You know, I mean, by, by that definition, yeah, totally. By that definition, uh, Grant Cardone is a small business. By mm-hmm. that definition, Grant Cardone is a small business because I think he has like two hundred or something employees. Right. It's just kind of an interesting thing to think about that they say small business under five hundred, but yeah, the business who's a one to five very different than a 20 or 30 person business. Yeah. And we can go from there. Anyway, keep yeah. going. Yeah. So most of my clients are like lawyers or, you know, psychologists, interior designer, you know, it's a service based business. And some of them do, mm-hmm. you know, I worked with people with, you know, more like in the 20 to 30 or more um, employees, but for the most part, I'm working directly with the owner. You know, we're, planning out what they're doing. I'm, I don't have to answer to five different people on a board that all have their different opinions, which I did in my in the, my past career as a designer. I worked in the fashion and tech industry um, and just got really burnt out on that, you know, working with these, these giant corporations and just really wanted to serve small businesses in my community. So I made a major shift <laughs> uh, when how, I made that change. How much is you understanding how, how much of your success would you put on understanding who that ideal client is and understanding their needs, wants, and desires? Uh, like a hundred percent, I guess. Oh, you know, it's really hard to market to someone 
or sell something to them if you don't really know what they need or, you know, who they are and their, uh, their problems and whether or not yeah. you have a solution for them. So that's the foundation of anything that I do for a client and that I do to market my own business for sure. Yeah. I, I just think that that's such a great thing because I, 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 you know, I look at so much of my audience, so much of I, my audience is speakers, authors, coaches, those kind of people. Mm-hmm. And as great as that market is, what sometimes happens is people get in the loop of who their current connections are. And so they think, mm-hmm. well, they've been a part of all these groups. They've gone to these networking events. They've done all these things. And so then their world is a bunch of other people like them. And then they go and right. try to do something like, you know, like doing branding, like doing, you know, just all the services that you provide. And mm-hmm. they try to provide them just for other people like them. When they think about small businesses, they're looking at coaches, they're looking at those mm-hmm. kind of things. But in reality, that market of people is a completely different market than, like you said, a lawyer, a psychologist, a financial mm-hmm. advisor, someone right. like that who has, um, there's just a lot more money to go around when you're looking at someone who has, uh, if they pay rent, they're right. in a different level of seriousness. You know, if they're paying mm-hmm. rent for an office, if they yeah. have an assistant, if they have high net or high value hours that mm-hmm. are in high demand, and then you look at that and it's so much easier to collect money from somebody who they, they have more money than they have time. And I, I think right. that that's a really... I was, I was just really happy to hear that when you said who you were specifically working with, because I just think that it's a good example for people that get out of your current circle and start looking at what, at what, what can you bring a value to people in the marketplace? Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely not serving other photographers. I mean, I teach photographers, but that's different. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. people who do my business aren't really hiring me. Um, yeah. so, and yeah, you're right. Like most of my clients have a high ticket offer or ongoing clients and they've been in business for a while. Usually most people hire me after, you know, they know who their client is, they know how to sell it and they want to take that their brand to the next level of looking really professional and, um, you know, kind of tightening up who they're marketing to. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, let, let's jump right into this. Tell us about your first hundred thousand dollar year in your business. Yeah. So I've actually been self-employed since 2006 and every year my goal was to make a hundred thousand dollars and I would never get there. I was always stuck at like 40, 50, 60, depending on the year, you know, if I had a baby or something, it's the worst, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so actually it was 2020 when everything was shut down that's the first year I made hundred thousand dollars. And it's because I added more things to my income stream, I guess, you know, like I couldn't be a photographer for like three months, stuff was shut down. And so I created an online course for photographers then while I had all this downtime and that added about $20,000 to my revenue that year. Um, without even doing any paid advertising or anything, I just utilized my network and sold that course. Um, and then I also was doing some social media management that was some like retainer clients that year. So that, you know, had kind of guaranteed money and, um, I was able to make a hundred thousand dollars that year. So that's awesome. And, I, and then the, last year I made a hundred thousand again too. So two years in a row. Um, and I feel like once you get to a certain revenue, like you don't, 
tend to go back. You're like, well, I know I could do it now. So I, um, you know, just going to keep moving forward and set that, a higher goal. So that right there is the <laughs> nugget for people to learn the people listening. That's the nugget that they need to take from it is once you get to that bracket, then you're just able to do it again. Even if everything fell apart, you, right. you think differently now. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. same thing with people who are making a million, I'm not making a million dollars right. a year, not yet, but that's mm-hmm. not where I'm at. And so I don't have that attitude, but I know that once I reach that, it's the four minute mile. It's the Roger Bannister right. four minute mile. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. everything is different. Um, so I'd love to hear, what did you learn from that first year, from that first 100K year? Um, let's see what did I learn? Well, number one that I could do it. And I had, I had a business coach <laughs> that really kind of held my hand through it. You know, she's like, cause you know, there was a lot of uncertainty in that year. I'm like, well, I can't do this and I can't do this. Um, and she really helped me keep that mindset of if I set this goal, you know, how could I accomplish it? Um, you know, a lot of people got really wealthy in 2020 <laughs> mask manufacturers. I mean, hand sanitizer, <laughs> who knows what else, you know, like, Sure. We couldn't use that as an excuse. Um, you know, just the fact that you can't leave your house or can't serve people one-on-one, what else could you do? So just learning that, you know, being able to think outside of my limiting beliefs, I guess, which is something I've been working on for years, but <laughs> um, yeah. But and then I want to push pause on that right now. It, I am not interested in talking to those who are no longer working on their limiting beliefs, because right. I believe the biggest limiting belief is I no longer have limiting beliefs. Right. Right. Cause if I say I no longer have limiting beliefs, that means I've already, I've already reached as far as I can in my, mm-hmm. in my life. Sometimes I, Oh, I, I went to that seminar last year. I took care of my, I don't have any more. You go yeah, interesting. Right. So you have <laughs> made a decision that you have reached the pinnacle of your life. Right. Yeah. And I know that for me, I do what the people I spend the most time with are doing. And I'm, so I'm intentionally spending my time around people who are growing. I don't want to spend my time around people who are stagnant or most likely moving backwards. Cause right. I will start doing the same. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the other thing, well, I created the online course and I learned so much from that. I did it in Kajabi. And so I learned how to create a course in Kajabi, set up funnels, um, you know, the emails, all that. And now I've been helping people do that. <laughs> so I'm creating them their brand, helping them scale beyond their one-on-one services. So that's kind of a new niche for me um, this year because I took the time to learn how to do that for myself. So isn't that fascinating how yeah. you can learn something and how really it sounds like 2022 and the disaster that it was at the beginning became something that was quite a blessing for you because mm-hmm it made you ask different questions. It made you right. look at things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So um, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I love hearing that. Um, what do you think you could have done? You know, you say you've been self-employed since 2006. What do you think you could have done to reach that 100K mark earlier? Yeah, wow, well, I've learned so much <laughs> through the years. Um, number one, raise my prices. Uh, it took mm. me forever to rate, you know, I was, I started freelancing because the company I worked for when I moved asked me if I would continue working for them remotely, um, but not as an employee, right? Like I became a contractor, but I wasn't charging more than I was making as an employee, which now I'm like, that was so stupid because I have to bear all the cost of my, you know, doing my business, sure. paying you know, self-employment taxes, which are ridiculous in Washington. 
uh, all that stuff. So raising my prices for sure and not being afraid to name my price. Um, also moving away from a time for money model. I don't mm. charge by the hour anymore. It's a package, you know, like, and the faster I get it done, the more money I make for my time basically um, because my expertise, you know, I've been doing this stuff for 25 years. So, um, you know, charging for the value rather than the time that you're spending. Yeah. So um, raising, and then, your prices, yeah. raising your prices and then secondly, charging for the value instead of for the hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And then now I'm working on um, delegating, like hiring for more stuff so that I can maximize my time, my earning potential with my time. That's what I'm working on. That's what I've been working on that for a couple of years, just offloading tasks that I don't need to be doing. And um, it's hard. (laughs) I've, you know, I've struggled to do that. I've always been the person who does everything. um, Don't really know how to, how to systematize and hand it off. So I'm getting some help with that this year. And um, that's kind of the next step of going beyond just me doing everything. (laughs) So, you know, what I, what I really appreciate about this interview so far is that most people, they want to talk about all the things that they've got already, all the stuff they've already figured out. And (laughs) and it's great hearing you say that like, well, that's where I need to go next. And, and I'm not there yet. And it's, it's a challenge and I'm learning Mm -hmm. and I'm figuring it out and I'm growing. And I just, I appreciate that. I think it brings a lot of value to people. Mm, Yeah. Right. In the course I teach for photography, I teach photographers how to do branding photography like I do. And that was feedback I got from a lot of people. Cause I am not like, I have all the answers. I'm making millions of dollars. I'm totally upfront. I'm like, this is what I tried. It didn't work. Here's what I tried. It did work. Um, and same thing. Like I, I don't have it all figured out. I'm still, um, trying new things. You know, that's what I teach my students. Like you just got to try it and see if it works, you know, <laughs> maybe don't do yeah. this one thing. Cause I already tried it and it didn't work for me, but it might work for you. So I'm pretty upfront and <laughs> open to a fault sometimes. <laughs> Well, I think, I, I don't know if that's to a fault. I, I think sometimes there might be issues that can come up because of it, but, but to me, I think that that sounds really great. Um, what advice do you have to someone who's just starting out in business? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, I wish I had like done some kind of like mentorship with someone or like an internship. I did an internship, but it was a design internship. I wish I would have gone and worked for someone in like a business capacity, just to learn more about business. Cause I went to school to be a designer. I knew how to do that well, but I didn't really know anything about, you know, profit and loss reports and taxes and (laughs) all that kind of stuff, you know, like it's just taken me a long time to learn all of that through trial and error and reading books and taking courses and um, making mistakes. Basically that's the, <laughs> the biggest teacher, but maybe the best advice I could give is to be, not to be afraid to make mistakes. You know, if you just, um, a perfectionist, not willing to do things imperfectly, that will stop you from moving forward. And that, for me, that was a lot of, um, what kept me small for a long time. I think I had all these great ideas, but then wouldn't take any action. Cause I didn't really know how to do it. I think that's really great. And what about for someone who, kind of like where you were, someone who was already profitable in business, but for some reason has that hang up, has that, that, that spot, and they can't quite get to that milestone of that hundred, hundred thousand. Let's say they're at, like you said, 50,000, 60,000, or even 80,000. They want to make it. 
What advice do you have for them to be able to dial it in and, and close that gap to the finish line? Um, let's see. Well, like I mentioned, I, my, I, my coach really helped me. I'm really an advocate for a business coach. I've had one for several years and I've had different ones. Like I'll usually have one that helps me with a certain thing. And then I go to a different one that helps me with another thing. So, um, but in looking at what she specifically helped me do, I guess was just, you know, set this goal and don't stop until you get there. <laughs> and another thing she told me is you don't have to make a hundred thousand dollars in January to December. What if you made a hundred thousand dollars from July to July or so? like, that's a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? That kind of changed my more. perspective a little bit. You know, I was like, who says I have to start in January and measure it in that way. So that was a little, you know, shift in perspective, I guess. Um, and just because like, you don't need to make, it's like 8,000 something per month. $8,333.33. Something like that. Indefinite sense. You don't have to make that every month. That was another thing. She's like, what if you made $20,000 in one month? And then in July, while you're on vacation, you only made 3,000 or something like you getting out of that mindset of like, I have to have this paycheck of this certain amount of money every month to get to my goal. Um, you know, you could make a hundred thousand dollars in one month, depending on what you're doing and then take the rest of the year off. <laughs> I guess, you know, it just depends. So getting out of that mindset of, I have to make a salary, like a, as an employee, you don't have to get to your goal in that way. It could be yeah. totally different. Yeah, that, that is a great way of looking at things that, that it doesn't have to look the way that maybe people think it's supposed to. And mm -hmm. I think that the January to December calendar can really be a slave. When yeah. I talk about this year, a lot of times people think, oh, it's already March. That means I only have nine months left in the year. Mm -hmm. So this year's a wash. So I got to be working towards 2023. And I think that's stupid. Mm -hmm. I think that your year is now. The right. next 12 months is the year. So mm -hmm. now is the next 12 months. So you don't need to make up for it. Let's say you're having a, um, let's say you had a slow January and February, whatever. Mm -hmm. Now's the time. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You, you can make it work in all honesty. I, in my mind, for me personally, the year starts November 11th every single year because that was the day that I was born. And so <laughs> therefore- that's when the year starts for me. So it's it. all arbitrary. It's it doesn't great, matter. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking to that, like that attitude of like, oh, it's already March and I haven't met my KPIs or whatever. Uh, you know, I think uh, working with that coach, I think I was like $20,000 short, like November 24th or something. I was like, I'm never going to make it. And I, you know, she was like, there's still a month and a half left. And so it just really pushed, even though it was Christmas. And um, I think I did like a big promotion or something and I made it. I think I, I made like 100,000, like $2 or something. Like wow. it, was, it was very, like barely over the line, but I did it. <laughs> That's so awesome. What a cool thing that is. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting question. The answer is always, oh, I know exactly what it is or it's, um, that stumped me. I don't know what, what to do. Um, but I, I like the answers that I get for this question. Tell me about a single moment that changed the trajectory of your business. 
something that happened, some moment in time, maybe it was an aha, maybe it was a rock bottom moment, maybe it was a moment where all of a sudden seemed possible, but what was one moment that that really changed things for you? Sure, yeah, well, um, I started out just doing graphic design, basically, and then I, I had no kids when I started. By the time I was pregnant with my third, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like the deadlines and the stress, and like I told you, I was working with these big corporations and they expected things done, you know, overnight and I'm like leaving my kids watching TV all day and stuff. So I just like quit. I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And I just quit. Like I had this baby and just didn't do anything for a while. And it drove me crazy. It's <laughs> like, I gotta do something. So, but I'd had this idea for a while um, of offering photography to businesses because as a designer um, with the big corporations, I had great photography, but working with the dentists and all of that stuff, they never had good photos. And even if I told them, go hire a photographer, they'd get their wedding photographer or something and they just wouldn't be appropriate for businesses. And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm gonna be a photographer for businesses. <laughs> and it just worked a lot better for my schedule. You know, I don't have people calling me at nine at night saying they need a file the next day or whatever. Um, and so that's, I totally changed my business that I became work story photography then and only offered photography and then video. And now I'm back full circle doing all the design and, and photos and videos and everything. Cause I have the bandwidth for that now in my life since my kids are older. So, so that was a, a big change. Uh, and I, I dived right into that. Um, I had always done photography as a hobby and I took some classes in college, but I really, um, honed my skill for that to be able to create commercial photography. So mm, that was a big change. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. How much has mindset affected you and your business? How much of a part of, of your story has that been? It's been huge. Uh, I remember when I got my first coach, it was all mindset. And I was like, what is this? Like, I thought, <laughs> I thought I was hiring a business coach here. Why are we working on my marriage? You know? And uh, he said, it's all related. How you show up in one area of your life is how you show up in every area of your life, including your business. So I've done a lot of mindset work for sure with a lot of different modalities and stuff, whatever they call them, <laughs> uh, to be able to just examine my thoughts. I think, um, have you done it a lot with like the work of Byron Katie? Yeah, she is um, great. Yeah, it's yeah, great. That was great. the first, my first coach used that. And so just knowing that my thought might not be true was mind-blowing to me you know like to have a I have this thought about myself or someone else and I just thought it was truth like this mm. person is mean to me or whatever you know I that was a truth to me and to be able to just examine it and say well maybe that's not true you know and then looking for evidence about why it's not true that yeah. just blew my mind totally changed my life so um and then I've you know done a lot of other coaching tools for mindset and um yeah, it's really helped me changed every area of my life. That's really interesting. You bring that up because I, I, I think that that idea of thoughts, not necessarily being true is something that's quite foreign to a lot of people Yeah, because we want to fight for it. We want to fight right. for that thought. No, this person doesn't like me. And you go, mm -hmm. actually, Maybe that is true, but you don't know that it's true. Mm -hmm. You right. don't know that it's true. All you know are the facts. And if mm -hmm. we can separate, just being able to separate the facts 
from the story that we tell ourselves mm -hmm. about the facts right. and just realize that our story is not truth. It is not the facts. And just right. having that realization makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me too. So the, the one annoying thing about it is to notice everyone else, like not being as enlightened as you, I guess. Like, well, that's just a thought. That's a story you made up. Like, you know? So that at, the, at, at least at first was kind of annoying to me, but now I'm just like, whatever, you know, this is my work for myself and I can't tell other people what to do, but that it was really eye-opening for me to, um, to notice just just to notice my thoughts I do now I'm like well that's a lie why are you telling yourself that brain you know like thanks a lot for that input <laughs> you know so are you telling me that your friends and family don't like it when you call them out on things like their thoughts versus the actual the actual facts when they didn't ask for your advice you you're saying that your right, friends right, and family don't yeah. like that I mean I generally don't speak up, but in my mind, I'm just like, well, uh, thanks for that story. You know, <laughs> so um. I think that's the biggest challenge for all of us when we start to come upon, you know, this enlightenment and realizing how much it can help every single person we know. And we're mm -hmm. so excited that this can help you and it can help you. And then you realize that they don't want to hear it. Right. Because they're not ready for it. And you're yeah. just coming off as condescending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Or when they turn and use it against you. I've discussed a lot of it with my husband. Like he's not really into self-help at all. He thinks he's perfect as he is, which is fine. But he is. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I'll tell him, I'm like, oh, wow, I learned this thing. And, you know, this is just a thought. And so sometimes I'll be complaining and he's like, that's just a thought. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Using my own Jedi mind tricks against me. How dare you? <laughs> Well, anyway, I, I'd love to hear before we close, I, I like to keep these interviews fairly brief so we can get to straight to the sure. point. Um, but any, any last thoughts that you want to share with our listeners, people who are listening that say, hey, well, I love what she's saying. Any tips, practical advice, anything left that you want to leave with our listeners? Um, let's see. Well, my focus this year has really been on scaling, right? Like I've got to the 100,000 um, what's next. So I've just been thinking a lot about that, you know, like I've been reading a book, um, called, uh, what's it called <laughs> procrastinate on purpose by Rory Baden. Um, and it just talks a lot about multiplying your time. You know, what can you, uh, do to make your use of time more effective and to multiply what you're able to do and, um, the value you're, you're able to provide. So I would encourage people to just ask yourself, you know, like, what could that look like for me in my business and in my life, even, you know, even mm -hmm. if it's just at home, um, you know, how can you get your kids on board to do more of the chores? How can you hire someone to do the things that are sucking your life away? You know, that kind of thing. That's really what I've been focusing on this year. And it's been pretty exciting. So mm, that's great. Yeah. I love the idea of procrastinating on purpose because um, there's no way we can do everything. And I think that it's yeah. important to say, that's a great idea. And I'm going to do it later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that, that that's a wonderful thing. And if you, if you try to do every great idea right now, you won't get any of them done. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's been my problem <laughs> up until <laughs> recently. Like I have too many ideas and I'll start something and never finish it. So I've learned a lot about, yeah, putting it on, you know, what's the thing I want to focus on now and I could do these other things later or maybe not. So 
I love that. That's great. Well, Tanya, what's the best way to be in touch with you to learn more about you? Uh, where can people go to find out more about you? Yeah, so probably on my website, it's workstorycreative.com. And, you know, you can find my social media and email and all that stuff there. So fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here uh, for the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. We like to end this with a virtual fist bump. So pound it right there. <laughs> Boom, there you go. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something great out of it. And most importantly, I hope that you're going to implement something that you learned in this episode because nothing happens until you take action. If you're a six or seven figure entrepreneur who's looking to uplevel your network with a group of people who also have a rising tide lifts all boats attitude, then come and join our exclusive network of successful entrepreneurs by going to mtmsuccess.com slash rising tide.